Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Heeves. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Heeves, and thank you so much for tuning in once again as we become better habitat managers. Guys, we have a great episode for you here today. We have Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots. Now, if you're new to the show, you might not have heard of Nick before, but if you've been a long-time listener, you know Nick. You know the brand that we help support, Killer Food Plots, and the great quality seed. We dive into some spring food plot discussion, seed choices, frost seeding, fertilizing, soil testing, techniques, drilling versus no-till, great discussions to get in your head for either next month, next two months, or this fall, food plot season. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Excited to share this episode with Nick Percy from Killer Food Plus with you. Um, I want to thank you guys for co- for coming back once again. Uh, we love you guys. We have a bunch of great episodes coming up. We recorded one last night, which we're going to launch next week. That is just awesome. Um, we have... Some very cool guests coming the week after that. So just get ready, guys. It's going to be an awesome podcast season for us while we all dive into habitat management and, you know, chase our goals down for for 2021 here. So if you're an awesome listener who left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, uh, I did send out another swath of decals last week to – you guys who left us great reviews, free five-inch Habitat podcast decals to anybody who leaves us a great review. Uh, text review, type us out something nice if you don't mind. The link is below the show notes. If you're listening to this podcast now, you scroll down to where it says leave us a great review. That is very helpful, guys. It helps us grow, helps us remain at the top of the podcast charts. If you look up Habitat Management, you'll find the Habitat podcast, and that's because of you guys. So thanks so much for that. Um, I also want to thank you guys, our land plan, you know, clients, our, our guys who are are signing up. We are booking into late May or June right now. Um, Brian and I just went over the schedule last night, and we are booked out pretty solid for a while. So we're not going to do these all year, guys, because we have work to do ourselves and uh, get ready for hunting season on our own property. But we're going to do them for a while yet, so we have still time to book. Uh, check it out at habitatpodcast.com slash landplans. We have covered anywhere from Canada, New Hampshire, down to Kentucky, over to Nebraska, up to uh, Colorado, all the way back up to Canada again in, in Michigan. The whole big Midwest circle out to the east. We're helping landowners just you know kind of get past that first step. If you guys are wondering what you can do on your property, maybe you've been thinking about it for a couple of years, can't decide what's right, what's wrong, um, want a different perspective, different look at it. That's kind of where we're coming in and where we're helping out. And then, we, you know, we'll write you a whole plan on how we would handle it if it was our property. And um, 
you know, we, we talk to a lot of people, and, and we feel like we're offering some great plans. So we take a lot of pride in these things. So if you guys are interested, hit us up at habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. Fill that out. Uh, there's a little submission thing on there you can fill out, and we'll get right back to you. Um, all of our podcasts are up there, YouTube, Instagram. Check us out on there. We're launching a bunch of new content this year on YouTube, so you're going to be able to follow along. Brian launched a new video from his lease the other day. Um, get to take a look where Brian will be hunting this year. He's been hopping around. Um, so you just check us out, follow us along, and, and if you can, you know, support us when you can. We'd love it. Tell, tell your friends about it. Just anything you can do to help us is awesome. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it, and you guys are the reason we keep doing this. So I want to thank Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. Guys, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit is a group that I've been a part of for, I think, four years now. Um, had a few turkey kills and one nice 10-point kill on video with those guys, and turkey season is about here again. So as you can imagine, I'm getting all fired up inside. Um been out to a lease I'm on, been out to my property looking for turkeys, turkey sign. It's looking good. So, but if you guys want to watch some awesome footage of just a bunch of regular guys like myself killing animals, turkeys, deer, etc., check out Michigan Whitetail Pursuit on YouTube or their website, michiganwhitetailpursuit.com. All that's free. It's all good content, edited well. You're not going to get bored. It's it's really good footage. So check that out. They're, they're a partner and... Um, a great group of, you know, Michigan, you know, faith-based organizations. So check them out, michiganwhitetailpursuit.com. I want to thank Packer Max. I want to thank HuntWise, Killer Food Plots, The Habitat Hook, Morse Nursery, and Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction. If you guys are looking for uh, a new property, I would get on the list now of buyers. It's insane out there right now. I've been looking a little bit myself just to see what's going on in the market. Um, no plans of selling yet, but I'd like a bigger property someday. I think I'm going to hold on to mine for another year or two at least. Um, well, check them out. You know, get a hold of Chad over there and, and just get your name on the list because they're, they're flying off the shelves. There's pretty much any way to make these affordable, and if you're looking to sell, shoot, you can sell your property in probably a week two weeks these days. It's insane. Um, anywho, that is uh, Real Street United Country Land Pro Lake Stage Realty and Auction, Chad Thalen. You've heard him on here many times. As well as our guest tonight, Mr. Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots. Thanks, guys, for listening. Let's talk spring food plots. All right, Nick, welcome back to the show. How you been, sir? I've been good, Jared. Been doing really good. Staying busy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be uh, a common theme these days. If you're lucky, so that's that's great. Uh, what you been What you been busy doing? Well, doing property consultations, and we started shows three weeks ago with the Iowa Deer Classic. Uh, we're actually going to be heading out to Wisconsin Dells uh, this afternoon for um, the Open Season Expo. That been relocated from Madison, Wisconsin, out to the Dells. So trying to juggle that, of course, with our storefront and this very early warm-up here in March, as far as the weather goes, we've had some really nice weather. It's created a, quite a abundance of people coming into the store wanting to start doing yard work and getting their grass fertilized and overseeding and doing a lot of things, which they're really jumps, jumping in a little bit too early. And we also sell vegetable seeds, um, you know, that you can start yourself. And so we do a lot of different variety there in our Agard's uh, City Boy Farmer's store, which is also our home base for killer food plots. And so we have a lot of things going on that way and then a lot of proactive people bringing in equipment trying to get ready for spring summer with lawnmowers and riders and and or bringing in their snowblowers at the end of the season to get them properly uh, maintenanced and put away properly for the summer months. So that's uh, been a constant flow as well. So a lot of, a lot of moving parts, um, a lot of new spring stock is coming in. So we're trying to get our displays up and get our shelves stocked. And um, yeah, just, you know, never a shortage of things going on in the Percy uh, household. <laughs> Well, and, and you're not kidding. I mean, I came over to see uh, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago already, and 
I mean, I'm riding along with you to the tire shop. You know, we're going here, we're going there, and and because you're just busy, busy, and and I get it. You're running a few successful businesses, and um, and that's great to hear. I mean, if anybody's ever in North Muskegon, they need to stop by your your Agard shop. Um, just a beautiful store right on the highway there. That's awesome. I was pretty impressed well, a couple times I've been there. So I appreciate it. Well, it's, you know, place I've been going since I was a little kid, and uh, the opportunity to to be able to own and run A-Guards and it's pretty awesome and we've got a great team that works there and really good people and you know I people that work for Killer Food Plots or work for A-Guards you know I, I employ families not just individuals so I feel Tracy and I feel a huge responsibility to make sure we're running a solid business and keeping our employees working and you know continue their education continue to grow um, so that, you know, we can continue to, to provide at a high level what customers are needing and, and, uh, continuing to push ourselves out of our comfort zone too. You know, that's where you grow. So when you're feeling comfortable, you're usually growing. <clears throat> yep. Yep. I would agree there. And it seems like, um, with this warm up that you're talking about, I don't think we're quite out of the woods yet, even though it's been pretty nice. <laughs> um, what are I would agree. I would agree totally. <laughs> I mean I, really I wish we were, but yeah, I know yeah. we're there's no way. I know um you know, frost seeding, I just wrapped up doing some of that with, you know, the resurrection clover. Um I know Brian's doing the same thing today. Uh, you know, besides frost seeding, which we we kinda covered on a few podcasts, um what else could people be doing right now for well I know, mean, for habitat management here in March? Yeah, I mean, some, some things you could be doing is, you know, doing some cleanup on your food plot areas. Um, you know, there's been a lot of leaves, a lot of sticks. We had a lot of wind. We had a lot of storms. Um, one thing that, you know, we started doing on our perennial plots that are, you know, just now that snow is gone and, well, it's been gone for a few weeks here in Michigan, but uh, different areas are just becoming exposed, whether it's in the the uh, northwest or upper northern part of uh, the upper Midwest. So a lot of that snow is melted away and the frost is coming out of the ground. What we are doing is we are spraying all of our perennial plots with our liquid soil defender and we're diluting uh, a, a gallon of soil defender concentrate into 20 gallons of water and spraying that per acre. And what that's going to do is it's going to continue to feed the root system of the plant it's going to reduce the stresses as they come out of dormancy it is going to perpetuate waking up and energizing the healthy bacteria that are in the soil and as soon as they start working you you are going to see a 10 12 15 degree soil temperature shift very rapidly without necessarily having it be a result of the sun or you know the the sunlight getting to the ground and it will actually really? start to warm that soil up which will feed kickstart and green up any of your perennial food plots also if you're doing frost seeding it's a great idea to spray that soil because you'll warm that soil up and get that seed germinating faster and for those of you that have broadcast resurrection coal clover like you mentioned or our cold play which is a huge you know uh a huge asset going into turkey season because they love both of those mixes the turkeys do that that will jump start your seed growing by warming that soil temperature you need to get up above 50 degrees to start seeing germ germination and, and growing um and that also will you'll notice that if we get some relapses of snow because of that extra heat generation in the soil everything else around it will be covered with snow and that that will melt immediately hitting the ground that's how much warmer the soil temps will be so now, why is that Nick? why is that well, with because your soil defender because you're energizing all the little bacteria and the bacterial activity causes heat and so that that soil temperature rises those billions and billions of little bacteria that you're waking up and energizing and they create uh they create heat which warms that soil temperature up so all that activity going on 
And what's cool is that that will jumpstart your perennials, whether that be alfalfa, um, alfalfa clovers that are in our cold play, that'd be all the clovers in uh, res clover. Maybe you don't even use killer food plots. Maybe use some other variety or your favorite seed blend, but it will help benefit and get those perennials jumping out of the ground and coming out. I always said to the other guy the other day, I said, it's going to make your food plots jump out of the ground like the Hulk. You know, they're going to be ready to grow because the root systems are going to be fed. They're going to be continuing to spread and be able to create more rapid green foliage growth out of the ground because the root systems are going to be in better shape. Your soil temperatures are going to be higher and uh, your bacterial activity is critical. They're the bacteria are the ones that go out and seek out the nutrients, bring them back to the root system, attach to that root, die and become part of the root system itself, the little bacteria. So it's really important to continue to feed that. And um, you can do that with the grow, with the Groganics pelletized 444 or 705 fertilizer. And if you really want to kickstart it and see some pretty amazing things happen, the liquid soil defender is the way to do it because it's even faster. Wow. I I like that. Uh, any Have you ever heard of anybody putting that down on, like, a switchgrass? Um, anything like that? I mean, I don't see why that why that wouldn't work. You don't want to, I guess, amp up all, all the competition of switchgrass, but... Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, kind of a curveball, kind of a curveball yeah. for you. Yeah, we don't. The only time you spray it, so switchgrass should not be fed. No perennial bedding grasses, you know, um, big blue, little blue. None of those should be fed until year two, technically, okay. um, because what you are doing is then feeding the competition. You want the perennial switch um, or any of your perennial bedding mixes. We definitely want to wait to feed them so you don't create that competition. Um, it's also difficult. Mowing is the best way to, to address, you know, a lot of the competition going on in grasses that we're trying to grow um, because using even like 2,4-Ds and things like that to address broadleaf in your grasses, it's not advisable until, you know, you're in your start of your second full season of growth and you know you have good success and, and the plants are healthy and established a solid enough root system, then you can really start to address that. There are, There is a chemical you can put down when you plant, which will eliminate and block. It's called plateau, which will block all of the competition for a period of time. But generally speaking, if you're going to address in individual grasses you don't want or, or broadleaf that you don't want, you don't want to start doing that until year two. So, Good, good call. All right, thanks for answering that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, but the, the answer, the other side of that, once you can and should start fertilizing, um, an occasional application of soil defender will definitely help reduce stresses. It helps to promote root growth and development as well as green foliage. So that can definitely help your perennial mixes um, in your grasses. Uh, it can perpetuate um, rapid growth. So, you know, that's the one thing that we've seen in, in spraying it on switchgrass is we're getting additional height out of the plant without re, without stressing the plant out for doing it. So that's another benefit on the food plots because there's, there's stress-reducing nutrients and kelp and some other things inside the uh, different chemical makeup of the soil defender and it's a completely organic product which is really nice so you're not have any risk of that generally speaking um, you can put it on too hot and you can get a little tip burn and some different things so diluting it if you're ever concerned uh, more the more water the better with that product water puts it into the soil and really makes things take off once it works either backwards through the plant you're spraying into the soil or it gets washed off by the rain into the soil. That's where it really activates anyway. So, um, you know, there's doing more water versus less if you're worried about it or the sensitivity of your food plot is always the right approach. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you hit on kind of what soil defender actually is there a little bit too. Uh, for those who, who haven't heard or who are new to the podcast, um, give us a, you know, 20-second rundown on what soil defender is. 
Well, soil defender is uh, 14 different um, key nutrients in the mix. It's a liquid fertilizer. It's a soil enhancement. It uh, breaks down bad bacteria in the soil. It feeds the healthy bacteria. It contains humic acid, fulvic acid, all things necessary for addressing proteins and different things in the soil so that you don't have um, some other negative effects going on in the root system and or um, in the plant itself. It fortifies the, the plant stem, main stalk, the branch branching out, um, and the flowering portion of your plant, grasses, etc., it really enhances very, very rapid root growth, which is what I was targeting, is to help get those new seedlings and or the recovery after mowing of perennials um, to get that root growth, that structure, reduce the stresses, help during high heat conditions, um, you know, and counteracting that bad bacteria. So one of the things that we have on several of our properties is we really want to plant brassicas for winter. So our carnage brassicas, our white rage, our deep woods blend. Well, you're supposed to rotate your brassicas every three years. You should rotate in for a season into, um, you know, into into some other type of planting, whether that be clovers or that be uh, grains or grasses or something to rotate soils so that you don't build up negative nematodes or bad bacterias. What we found with Soil Defender is we're applying that, you know, two to three times a year and we don't have that issue. So we're able to plant brassicas year after year after year without um, wow. having that negative effect, which is really important because, as you know, from planting them yourself, the carnage brassicas can produce, you know, seven, eight, nine tons an acre. White Rage can do an excess of 10 tons of available food and very critical proteins and carbohydrates, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, all of those things are really important for our whitetail in the most critical time of the year, which is late fall, winter, and being able to help them in their uh, during rut, post-rut recovery, and then helping them winter through a lot of the upper Midwest um, and heavily hit areas with the, the extreme cold, the the uh, freezing rains, the sleet, snow, all of those type of things. The thermals are uh, are brutal on the deer in the winter. In fact, we we just did a, a count um, on some of our leases down south in Iowa, southern Iowa, and you know we lost some younger fawns and we lost some younger bucks that had stressed themselves out during the rut. And, you know, we know we need to put more food on this lease, but we can't. It's in some program that doesn't allow us to, to do more than the few food plots we have. And, and we work closely with the DNR there, and they're, they're calling it, you know, they're literally saying these deer froze to death um, and, and or starved because they just didn't have sufficient food. And with the weather patterns that they had there, it was just brutally cold. So we're trying to figure out some different ways to approach, but that's why it's really important to be able to plant high tonnage producing, highly palatable greens going into that time of the year, not only to help us and draw in deer and give us the best opportunities during hunting season to harvest the deer we're going after, but to continually nurture and take care of that deer herd that we are so passionate about and make sure they have the critical nutrients they need throughout the entire season not just when Mother Nature wants to cooperate and provide her na her native species. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I can see the need for that. I know that my food plots just get decimated. I mean, they look like a putting green um, right now. And, and, yeah, we had some drought last year, but I still grew some, some good plots. And, and uh, I mean, I got to kill a few does, but at the same time, having that high tonnage, I've realized over the years it's super important. I'd rather have extra food than the fairway effect, you know. Um, so I, that's why I like your clover and your brassicas together. I plant those every single year. The clover can handle the grazing pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have that in. I have that in the mix. Um, and that can stand yeah. the grazing pressure. 
and, you know, it affixates the soil with, with the nitrogen. And then, you know, I swap out plant brassicas next, and you got some nitrogen-enriched soils, uh, soil already for those brassicas. Um, seems to be a good one-two punch so far, you know. Yeah, no, that's, those that's carnage brassicas that's make me look point. like a rock star. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's a good point. You know, we do the same. You know, we do um, our resurrection clover and our KFP chicory, or we'll mix in some cold play in with our brassicas when we're doing our uh, plantings. And, um, you know, with white rage, white rage being a bigger seed that has our sugar beets and our radishes, they need a little bit more elbow room. And so last two years now, what we started doing is using our triticale or our lethal winter oats. And when we, we put that in, drag it in, broadcast the white rage, and then we call to pack all of that in. It works really nice because the cereal grains come up quick. They protect the planting, especially in high grazing pressure areas. But what they also do is they create uh, an immediate, quick ground cover. And what that does is it helps to snuff out other grasses and weeds from developing in your food plot, and they outgrow it, And they, but they still allow the sugar beets and the radishes to develop and they act as a really good cover crop, but then they also provide the benefits of those cereal grains. And our triticale is just, and our lethal winter oats are very, very sweet. Um, but they do a good job of filling in those open areas between the primary brassicas we're trying to plant and grow for later in the year. Now, are you seeing any one of your customers or clients plant any of that either oats or triticale uh, among other things in the spring looking at sort of a no-till aspect if you're going the no-till route have you seen guys plant the oats in the spring knowing that they're gonna you know mature and be crimped over or turned under or anything like that yeah yeah i have and that's that's one of the things we're doing um in our own you know, I bought a Genesis 5 a few years ago, and I've been experimenting with no-till um, on several of my properties, and I do just that. I actually do the oats and the triticale, and then um, broadcast, either broad, hand broadcast and then terminate, or I will seed drill. Um, I'll run my cultipacker, which will knock down most of the oats, and then I seed drill right through it for my fall and creates a nice cover. Um, it's a little bit more difficult for those that don't have the right equipment to be able to do it in that fashion. So what we have done is, you know, if you have a heavy enough call to packer, what you can do is um, that can act as a terminator and you can do that behind a quad after you broad hand broadcast, uh, which we've done more and more of with, with great success. Um, but with that seeder, it's nice because you're getting immediate seed soil contact. You're putting it in the right depth. And then the terminated cereal grains on the top, you know, act as a great ground cover holding moisture and, and protecting those new young plants as they're coming up through that. So, but I think there's other op opportunities to do the same kind of thing. And, you know, in regular grass and weeds and when you're getting ready where you spray, kill that stuff off, broadcast into it, and then just use a cultipacker or or actually mow or, or weed whack or weed whip for those that don't have a whole lot of options for equipment um, to create some very, very successful food plots. And I think you've even done some of that with some brassicas, haven't you? Yeah, good memory. That was... Uh... Two or three years ago already, I just sprayed and then um, and, then, and then I broadcast the brassica seed before a good rain, rolled it over, you know, so you had that the small seed got down through all that thatch, the rain helped it meet the soil, germinate, and then that thatch, you know, kept it moist and and it worked really good. Um, and that's kind of why I'm, why I'm asking. I'm trying. You know, always experimenting like you, and I don't have a Genesis. Uh, super jealous of your Genesis. That thing is awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm going <laughs> to well. just have to drive you over here one day just for a, a no-till bean planting or something, try something cool out. Right. Uh, 
yeah, there's there's ways to do it without that. Obviously, it's just uh, yeah, that thing would make life simpler and be more productive. I'm sure you don't just see this happening well, that way, but yeah, it's nice. Um, it definitely stretches your seed out. You know, there's a um, it gets the right spacing you need. You know, it took me a lot of years to buy that. Heck, I didn't even own a side by side or a four wheeler that I owned until two years ago either. And I bought a Players Ranger that I do all my spraying and um, you know, all my sole defender applications and stuff with that and, and, you know, use it for my client consults and all the things that we do. I, Jared, I didn't even own that. So, you know, I've always said whatever tool I own, I have to be able to make money and be able to further what I'm trying to do. And, and uh, so it took me a long time to justify. And of course the price of a Genesis is really, really pretty, uh, pretty expensive. So, you know, I did my research. I've been, pretty happy with the with the piece of equipment um I, you know it's one of those things you can never have a pole barn that's too big right you can never have a tractor <laughs> and i wish i had a little bit bigger tractor so that i could have got the heavy the genesis 5 full weight but i did the one that was the light lighter weight one and that's nice when i'm towing it and, and moving it around but it's still i mean it's a very heavy unit it's 1850 pounds i think so it's heavy enough to do what we need it to do and um, gives us a lot of versatility. I can run every one of my killer food plots through it, just dial in the gearbox and just makes life a lot simpler. And it's nice on my ankles as I get older and I've walked up and down, up and down, you know, back and forth doing a lot of hand seeding over the years. And um, it definitely saves a lot of time. It saves my ankles. My feet aren't as achy at the end of a, of a 16 or 18 hour day. Um, as if you're not tired after that anyway, but it certainly allows us to get a lot more acres planted in a more efficient manner and, uh, you know, do it with less seed and really maximize those plots by giving them the proper elbow room to grow. Now, curious, just uh, another random question came to mind when you were talking there. What kind of sprayer are you using in the back of your side-by-side? Uh, I'm going to be in the market uh, for have... one here soon. I just want to see what you like. Well, I prefer, this is a really great question, I prefer a boom sprayer over a boomless sprayer. And part of that is how it atomizes the water and the, and the, you know, the chemical or, in this case, like soil defender. I feel like you get a much more uniform coverage. Uh, you get the proper proportionate distribution over the plantings or over the soil than a boomless. Um, yeah, it can create some problems depending on if you're in tight quarters but i run a um i should be able to just rattle off the brand but um i run a 260 gallon tanks with a switchable valve on a adjustable two-point adjustable hitch mounted boom and i can make the boom four times as long by just adding on to what i have and then it has a angle adjustment at two different points, as I just mentioned. And that makes it nice because I get the proper application angle to the soil. And when you're fanning, those sprayers are fanning out, you want to make sure that they're overlapping one another, but you want to make sure you're getting, you're not putting too much product down to the point where you're wasting it, but you're able to get it at the height you need it. So if you're spraying, for instance, to kill off grass and weeds, you want to be from the top above the grass and weeds, whether they're, you know, a few inches tall or they're a few feet tall. You want to spray from the top down. And then my second application, I bring it down lower to the ground and spray through that tall vegetation. And it does really well holding up to that. Um, there's some of those products we carry at Agards uh, as far as the adjustable boom and, and those products. And then sometimes we do wicking, so we actually wick existing food plots. We'll go through with our um, wicking, and they wipe the chemical directly onto the weeds that are outgrowing the food plot, and then those die, and then the food plot can recover and outgrow and grow past that. So there's some different ways of starting from the beginning is the best way, where you kill everything off, till it, turn it, pack it. Uh, let it regrow, spray it, and then seed, you know, seed into it after that regrowth. Because every time we turn the ground, we're turning up more grass and weed seedlings. 
and then also controlling our implement. You and I have talked about this before. So whether you're disking or you're rototilling, every year you turn your ground, if you're a ground turner um, and not doing no-till, every time you turn that ground, you break up compaction and, and you and your piece of equipment and your implement sink a little bit deeper. So if you put your tiller or your disc or your ground ripper or whatever as far down as it can go every year, you're you're getting deeper and deeper each year and you're pulling up dormant grass and weed seedlings. So if you uh, start working up first year, second year, you want to lift your implement up a couple inches. And really, once your compaction's broken up, especially if you're putting our retained moisture, nutrient-absorbing pellets in, they swell and they continue to break up compaction. You really only need to, to address the grass and weed growth in that top couple inches, maybe two, three inches. Uh, make sure you break up any root growth and development. Once you spray it, you want to kind of break that up a little bit so that you don't get reestablishment. Grasses, grasses are the worst. They're, they seem to, uh, you know, work through that glyphosate or whatever chemical you're using to kill them. You really want to try to break up the root system, especially when it's young so that it doesn't have an opportunity to mature. And then go ahead and plant, and you really only need that couple two to three inches on the surface to work with for replanting almost everything. So you're not planting corn that deep. You're not planting beans any deeper than that. So it really allows you to not disrupt the ground, break up a lot of the beneficial fun, fungi and things that are creeping and crawling through the soil. Um, you know, you're not hurting your, you're not over compacting your ground or overworking your soil if you address it in that way and then just keep a clean um, a clean canvas by which to plant by maintaining you know, your grass and weeds either by spraying or by you know multiple mowing um, mowings throughout the year to keep that under control if you're dealing with perennials. That's funny you brought that up. Um, I was just telling my buddy this weekend, he bought a brand new tractor, my buddy Brian, and um, and we had a bought a tiller and a brush hog, and uh, I explained that exact same thing I learned from you on that. I thought it was the same depth every year, but it, you're right. You'll keep sinking, so you start to raise it up. That makes sense yep, to me. Yep, so you start raising it up. Um, yep, and then that way you'll have a lot less grass and weed seedlings being introduced year after, uh, year after year. And the other thing is that I think sometimes people plant that first food plot, and they're so frustrated that they get the grass and weeds, but they don't do anything because they don't think they can do anything. So what they do ultimately is they let them go back to seed and they produce several thousands, if not millions of seeds again. And trust me, it's better to go sacrifice the top few inches of your food plot to mow that off and address it and or uh, spray it. it. You know, there are different things that can be sprayed depending on what's going on. And if it's going to sacrifice your food plot at the same time, um, a lot of times you can drive through and just mow to knock those heads off so that they don't produce seeds. And even if the main plant or, uh, you know, main portion of the uh, the weed or the grass is still there, if it doesn't produce an actual seed head, you're not going to have all that reproduction. And so people will skip that because they're worried they're going to hurt their food plot. And actually they're hurting their food plots from here on forward by doing nothing. Great advice. I, I know um, we've mentioned, you know, your your soil tests many times before. Um, I like to keep moving to your your new structure in the Border Patrol. But if anybody needs a soil test, that is also something we're doing right now. Um, it yeah, have to be done right now, but why not? And uh, well, you know, that way you can spend all summer frost. amending your soil, right? Yeah, as long as the frost is out of the soil um, and you can get, a soil probe or get a shovel down into it, you should be able to start pulling soil samples and getting them into our lab as soon as possible. Uh, we have very fast turnarounds, so once they hit the lab doors, they're turned around your email within 24 hours. If you're not seeing it, let us know right away. Um, usually takes, you know, the mail system is a little bit slower these days, but somewhere between two to three days to get to the lab, depending on where you're mailing it from, what state. And then, uh, the very next morning, you should see the results in your email. So uh, there's definitely no delay. doesn't matter how busy, you know, the busiest time of the year, the slowest time of the year. We will turn them in 24 to 48 hours after hitting the door 
uh, which will give you that fast response. And then from there, that tells you this is the blueprint of what's going on in your soil, and it'll make recommendations um, based on those soil conditions on which one of the killer food plots you want to plant. Or you can check off grasses, you know, pasture, depending on, you know, what you're trying to establish. Um, and we'll make those recommendations based on that uh, forage you're trying to grow. So um, that's, a, that's a big factor right now. So waking up the soil, waking up the, the dormant perennials, testing the soil is huge, clearing off the soil, getting all the leaves and all the debris off. Getting lime, agricultural lime down right now is a huge, huge thing to do because that takes about two to two and a half months for that to start sweetening. Um, depending on how things are going to go here with um, with spring, I mean, I'm sure we're going to do a little back and forth in Michigan. I know it's not exactly, you know, as warm out to the west. We're going to Wisconsin. It's going to be nice, but it's not even been as nice as it's been here. Minnesota's still pretty cold. Um, so there's a lot of the upper Midwest. Down south, things are pretty decent. Iowa is not super warm in the northern part, but in the southern part, it's been pretty nice. So, um, but getting started on preparation and getting a game plan, that's that's what needs to be happening now. We're doing lots and lots of property consultations. We got, uh, we had done a couple of posts we put out just before Christmas and, and, uh, continue to run it after because we had a really good response and and we're kind of backlogged on that right now try to get everybody in the schedule so but we're working hard to get get those consults done get those plans put in place so that people can hit the ground run in the spring and start seeing uh, immediate results from implementing their overall plan and um, yeah there's a lot a lot of work that can be done between now and planting and really even though we've got some nicer temperatures you're not. You're looking at late May most of the time in the in the Midwest. You're looking at late May for planting most of your things. You need 60 degree ground temperature at night. Um, you know, for like border patrol peas, beans, uh, corn's going to need 55 degree temperature. You know, 50 to 55 before it can go in the ground, and we're a little ways off from that yet. So, um, you know, getting a game plan, figuring out what you want to do, gathering your supplies, starting to get your uh, blueprint of your soil, get all your products that you're going to need around. Uh, timber management has been with the frost, freeze frost uh, road type stuff right now. We're having a little bit of that window where we're not able to run trucks and pick up logs, but we're still out scaling timber. We're still out getting jobs ready that can be cut um, once those come off, the restrictions come off. So we've got a lot of things in play there. Uh, we've got some areas that we cut this winter that we're going to be doing stumping and getting areas that we identified flagged for putting food plots into what were otherwise solid woods. Um, you know, we do a lot of those projects throughout the year, and, you know, that's a process as well. And then we've got to start our soil building after that. So some of these places will not have spring-summer food plots. They may have late summer, um, probably early fall. I don't like to do a whole lot of food plotting planning in July. So they'll be getting prepped and ready for a late July, early August planting. Um, so we're ready for hunting season. It never ends, buddy. There's always a long list. And um, I think that's why I, I love doing this so much, and I know you do, um, how passionate you are. It's uh, it's never never something you can't be doing out there. And some guys might get burnt out. Um, I don't get out there to do it enough, you know. I, I just I spent I don't know five hours on Sunday out there at my property by myself, and it was just glorious. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's the pressure relief valve, right, from the normal life in the ground. Oh, it is. Yeah. And it's been it, a. You're not I mean, it's been a. You know, it's been a tough couple years with COVID and stuff going on. It's definitely adjusted our way of life and made life stressful in different ways in different areas than you know we're accustomed to so nothing better than getting out in the woods and going for a walk and you know looking for some sheds or just anytime I can remember you know getting to my property when I used to work in automotive industry and run my business uh, parallel and 
just think, man, I just can't wait till I can get back to my property. The minute I pulled in the in the dirt drive, <laughs> got out, just like the pressure relief valve was hit. And, you know, and I think that's the case for a lot of people who, you know, chase chase whitetails and and uh, you know chase turkeys. It's it's great when you can harvest a nice turkey or a nice whitetail, but it's just about being outdoors and getting the fresh air and being one with nature and learning and growing and realizing how complicated our day-to-day life can be but really life is pretty simple and it's got some pretty simple needs uh i think it's good to get back to that um i think being home a little bit you know gridlock landlock to your house with all the stuff going on with covid i think it's helped people to realize that getting back to a simpler life is uh is generally a happier life and and uh, i know we've we've struggled in different ways as a business, you know, from a business standpoint and sales, but um, we definitely have re- major rewards from being able to be home with our kids and not be on the road as often. And um, especially with our kids being close, two of our girls are going to graduate this year and we've got a freshman as well at home. So we've enjoyed being able to spend time with them and be able to hang out with them more and not be gone on the weekends as much, but we're missing our KFT family out there and we're super excited to be going to Wisconsin. Um, you know, we had a blast a few weeks ago when we were in Iowa, and it was so good to see so many people, uh, customer-wise as well as you know, in the industry that we haven't seen for well over a year. And um, you know, we're really looking forward to this weekend and getting things back up and going. And so, don't be shy to reach out if you have questions, or um, you know, there's a if you're interested in you know any of the different services we offer, or have questions, or need food plot quotes, they're on KillerFoodPlots.com. There's a questionnaire submission where you can uh, go there, give us all your content information, contact information, what you're looking for, and that will allow us to uh, follow up with you and get a phone uh, a phone consultation going and figure out how we can help you reach your goals and objectives. That's awesome, Nick. You know, I really appreciate you coming on and um, talking about your your products and giving us a rundown on where KFP is at today. And, uh, you know, wish you nothing but the best this weekend. Drive safe, all that good stuff. So, Hey, I appreciate it, Jared. And the only other subject thing I want to throw out there is that we made a major change this year with Border Patrol, our screening. And we we finally grew enough of our extended stand seed variety. So uh, those of you that have planted Border Patrol or are into planting screens, screening around your food plots or to help you with your entry exit or to make your food plot feel more secure, get more daytime movement by your mature bucks and does. Um, You'll be excited to know that the new killer food plot extended sand border patrol is available and being sold and you'll see it on store shelves as well as on our website. Um, You can check that out. I know that there's a discount code you guys have, which you can share and and, uh, give people a discount if they want to buy online. Otherwise, you know, there's several different um, retailers, you know, Jay Sporting Goods, uh, Northwoods Wholesalers, all different uh, small and larger shops all over Ben's Great Outdoors. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities. And we're also at Family Farm and Home. And we big announcement is we just got into Tractor Supply in over 500 stores. So that'll um, be coming to Michigan. There'll be three products available on the shelf this year as an introduction in uh, all of Michigan, and I think there's Nebraska, Ohio, Indiana. I mean, there's a lot of different states. So check it out. Um, Let us know if you have any questions on it, but definitely look for that Border Patrol with the new extended stand. That will keep you going till the end of your season and all the way till spring. You'll probably have to brush hog it down because it'll be standing all winter. So we did some great testing this past winter, and it stayed standing through the nasty February heavy snows and, and major winds and even some of the freezing rain stuff we had. So we're really excited about it, and uh, hopefully that can be a game changer and we can put some trophies on the wall uh, coming up here in 2021. Yes, awesome, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to cover that. So that's uh, that's a great improvement. I will be planting that this year um, as well. Like usual, right, and I'm going to do it right along my, my switchgrass planting that is young, obviously. So I'm going to have my annual screen, um, what will you know be there yearly until the switches takes over. So very helpful tool. And uh, Nick, again, 
appreciate all the innovations and things you're working on, you know, and, and um, just the knowledge you share with us and the listeners. So thank you very much. Yeah, you got it, Jared. Appreciate it. Um, our, uh, I know there's some of your listeners were have been asking and waiting patiently for our new um, killer whitetail wall, uh, which is our three perennial switchgrass mix. That will be coming soon. Stay tuned. I know you're anxious for it. I had to finish <laughs> up the packaging stuff, and I'm working on working on that. It's not a single variety, so I had to. Um, I've been working working to get the get the products all lined up and make sure we're ready to go before I open the gate and fall on my face. I didn't want to do that. So, and then we also right. have, uh, of course, our new bedding mix as well. Um, that will create a three to five foot uh, bedding area with all native species. So, look look forward to getting those the killer bedding and the killer whitetail wall release. And so you'll have some perennial options. Um, one thing to say about that with the switchgrass and all of that is super um, to incorporate in in your uh, on your property and, and definitely as part of your habitat plan. But I find that, you know, even with that, Border Patrol still has its place even with your switch because switch will only get so tall and it'll only create, um, it'll create cover, but it doesn't necessarily steer deer like Border Patrol. Border Patrol is more of a wall, a legitimate wall where a lot of your switch grasses and things like that, deer kind of wander in and out wherever they want. So if you're looking to steer the deer, even once that's in place, like we have, I think we have seven customers who we've implemented a permanent perennial grass, but we still use Border Patrol to help screen their entry and exit uh, because we just don't want deer to be there. We wrap it around some of their blinds so that they get the extra height and also um, keep the deer from moving in and out of that switch in specific areas where we don't want them. We don't mind if they bed in it, but we don't want them moving in and out downwind of tree stands and or blinds. So um, definitely the two can be incorporated long-term together. And, you know, when you can get something to grow from zero to, you know, eight to 14 foot in a matter of 70 to 80 days, that's pretty substantial and definitely a, a great option to incorporate. So something for you guys to, to keep in mind when you're developing your property and, and uh, incorporating long-term perennial grasses alongside of Border Patrol um, until they're mature can be a great option. So I appreciate That's awesome. it, Jared. Thanks I'm for having yeah. me on, buddy. <laughs> of course, man. No, I I just learned something new again there. That's that's awesome. Um, and I want to make sure I get this in before we wrap up. If there are any listeners interested in any of Nick's products at Killer Food Plus, we have a Habitat Podcast exclusive discount for listeners. HP 10%. HP 10% sign is uh, 10% off and free shipping at KFP. So that's awesome, Nick. Thanks for doing that for us and our listeners. We yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. You know, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, look forward to growing some beautiful pots again this year, buddy. Yeah, I, I do too. And uh, hopefully we can do another podcast here uh, once the weather gets a little warmer and we talk about Aqua Shield and um, getting that in the ponds once you hit 50, 55 degree water. Um, you want to get that in the pond and get that going too, because all this hard work at Habitat uh, and Habitat work and food plotting and timber management can all be for naught if EHD comes in and wipes your deer herd out or wipes out the deer you're after. So definitely check out AquaShield, um, protect your, your deer, improve your quality of your water and your pond health, uh, and you know also protect your deer from that horrible little midge fly of the EHD. Um, and knock down some mosquitoes and no at the same time. So pretty cool product, all organic, and uh, that's something that definitely is a, is a game changer for all of us, you know, in those areas where we don't have control and it's beyond our control. We, uh, we created that product and, and uh, definitely something that if you have water and or you have areas that hold water in the spring, I would treat it because eventually it'll turn to mud and then you'll hatch have the risk of hatching the midge fly and or uh, annoying other little insects out that are just pestering you and or your deer herd. So definitely check out AquaShield at KillerFoodPlots.com as well. And um, as you mentioned, Jared, everything's free shipping on the website. So That's great. Yeah, I know we, we just had um, Scott Buckley on from Iowa, and I know he uses AquaShield. 
So we talked about that in a podcast we recorded just recently too. So, um, yeah, I'd love cool. to explore more of that this summer. I know we have uh, some of our clients, Rob, out here in Fowlerville. He bought a bunch of it for his pond. Um, so we're going to try to document some of that for you all too and, and see, what, oh, cool. see what it does to That'll a very, uh, very muddy pond. <laughs> um, so well, yeah, we don't want to get ESG around this. Yeah, it'll do it, do its work on cleaning up the pond. You know, it's safe for swimming and safe for you know you know fish and other aquatic species. Throwing a stick for your dog in your pond or whatever um, immediately goes to into the muck and starts cleaning it up. It uh, it exposes that midge fly larvae, the noceums, fly larvae, mosquitoes, all those annoying pests, and uh, and then it uh, if you know whatever the fish aren't eating and or the other species in the pond that are aren't eating that the actual healthy bacteria will devour those uh, larvae as well so you know I'm as an engineer we're taught over and over is you don't put a band-aid on it you go to the root cause of the issue and the root cause of the issue is the midge fly larvae if it doesn't have a chance to to grow and to hatch and to go bite an infected animal and transfer that to our deer then we've eliminated it and that's was my ultimate goal and making sure that we shut that down and um you know scott buckley lived a nightmare two years ago and last year he had not a single deer die um on his farm or immediately around him and that's that's huge um especially with the time and money and energy he's put into his property so um yeah i just i hate hearing those horror stories after the fact knowing i had a solution to help them uh, avoid it and um you know we put a lot of time and energy into our properties and our food plots and time away from family often you know I encourage people always to do it as a family function but sometimes uh, that isn't the case so we definitely want to make sure that every dollar and every hour we put into whatever we're doing habitat wise is uh, paying off for us well said buddy well said well that's all I had Nick um, thanks again appreciate in it and uh i hope you knock it out of the park this weekend at the show so all right thanks jared i appreciate it thanks for having me on and uh, you guys have a great weekend as well talk soon thank you so much listeners for coming and listening once again to the habitat podcast we really appreciate it if you could please do us a favor leave us a five-star review on itunes or wherever you listen to this podcast If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, T-shirts, and decals up at HabitatPodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. We have Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Packer Max Cultipackers, Huntwise, Killer Food Plot. The Habitat Hook. Realtree, United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction. And Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. 
But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, white tails can be damned. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lift. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.